0: Welcome to the Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at the Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. Of course, today on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you. That's the whole idea here. If you're new to the Art of Charm podcast, Fan Mail Friday, I would say you can listen, but it's not my favorite place for you to start. Most of our content is more in-depth, longer format. There's interviews with people you've heard of. There's also some toolbox episodes where we teach a lot of fundamentals, body language, charismatic nonverbal communication, the science of attraction, negotiation techniques, networking, influence, persuasion, everything else we teach here at The Art of Charm. I'll send that to your inbox if you text the word charmed, C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444. That's here in the States or anywhere else. Just go to theartofcharm.com. You can also find the toolbox on the web at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox and the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best. All right, let's cut
1: to it. Hey, Jordan, you're good at reading people, not only in person, but by what they write. How can you tell in letters when someone has low social intelligence or EQ and read between the lines as to what they might be doing in a given situation? Rock on, Alex. All right, I will rock on. But this is a great meta question. And here's some of
0: the ways that we read between the lines. I really do like this question, very thoughtful. A lot of people who don't know what they're looking for they or don't know how to solve a problem they make bad conclusions so they say things like well you know she did this thing so it probably means that she's probably doing this it probably means that when this happens or even something really overly simple for example guys especially who say things like well I don't need this episode or that episode or the boot camp because I'm already really good at talking to people my experience is that whenever someone thinks they're already good at something that has continually expanding returns like soft skills They actually have an EQ or social intelligence oftentimes so low that they don't understand the value of continued education. In other words, it's kind of like saying, well, I don't need to go to the gym because I'm already in shape, or I don't need a trainer because I've been lifting weights once a week since high school, and there's nothing for me to learn. This type of fixed mindset, and by the way, when I say fixed mindset, I'm talking about Carol Dweck, her book, Mindset. We had her on the show as well earlier. That type of fixed mindset is usually the beginning indication that there are some problems elsewhere that stem from other fixed mindsets. So I start to look for those in the letters that come in, and where there's smoke, there's often fire. And also, I've been reading emails about this stuff, me and Jason both have, and being asked for advice for well over a decade here. And this all started happening even before we started the show and we just had our 10-year anniversary. So people have been asking me for advice via email and in person for that matter for a long time. And it's always about reading between the lines because if people could articulate their problem really, really, really well, often they have at least an indication of the solution. But here's the problem. Even people who think they can articulate their problems really, really, really well are often articulating something that is not the actual root cause of the issue. So I have to look for those. And the only way to do that is to
1: read between the lines in the way that I just outlined above. And I think what people don't really understand is they are not a beautiful and unique snowflake. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> these things These things do have patterns to them. And after you read these for 10 years, like you've been doing, you can see those patterns emerge in what they're talking about.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It tends to be something where. I This you've probably never seen this before, or maybe you've seen this before, you know, for those of you who who realize that there are a lot of commonalities here. And then it's like this situation where they describe basically the same set of facts that has, has been in the last 25 letters that we've read with different names, different locations, different people, different amounts of time involved, and possibly some minute details that are usually inconsequential but are a big deal to the person in the problem in the moment. And it's not, this is, I want to be clear here. I'm not saying, oh, everybody who writes in is such a knucklehead. They don't even know what their problem is. It's almost impossible to read the label when you're inside the jar. You don't know what the problem is when you're dealing with it. You don't know why she broke up with you for real because she's giving you these reasons and you're hurting right now. You don't know why he left you or why you didn't get along with your dad when you were a teenage gal or when this certain thing happened. You don't really get it in many ways because why would you? It's never happened to you before. You've spent a lot of time thinking about it, but you can't separate the emotion from it. And so it it makes perfect sense. I mean, this is what therapists do all the time. All
1: right. Next up. Hi, AOC. I can't manage to get myself out and go meet people and network. I'm just a homebody. Thanks. Couch potato.
0: Yeah, so I get this letter all the time, and this, this is sort of the digested, distilled version. There's always a huge paragraph about why they can't go out and meet people or why they don't want to or why they don't have time, and this is the way that I help solve that for AOC clients. I'm just going to share this. It's a really easy one. Tell yourself you're going to go out and have two or three conversations at whatever event you're thinking of going to, and and no more. This is the running shoes on the porch equivalent of going to be social. And by that I mean a lot of folks who can't motivate to go to the gym or go for runs, what we usually tell them is, look, get up in the morning, put your running shoes on, and then go out and stand on your front porch. And if you want to turn around and go back to bed and you don't want to go to the gym or go for the run, you're allowed to. But basically, this is the social version of that. By the time those first two or three conversations are over, no matter how tough they might have been, you're loosened up. Or you go home, which is okay too, because you're still making a little bit of progress there. And if you keep doing it, it just gets a lot easier. And of course, people are going, but now I can't motivate myself to go out and have two conversations. Fine, go out and have one. Or go to the grocery store and talk to the cashier and then go to the event and have another conversation. You know, warm yourself up in a way that you need to. And I'm telling you, if you can motivate yourself to go there and do one conversation or two conversations, you're going to start to shake the rust off. For a lot of people, though, I think they have no problem going to the event and and they even think, look, I'm not shy. So they'll go to the event and then they start getting stuck while they're there. They start feeling awkward while you're there. And that's a different skill set that we work on actually a lot in the Art of Charm challenge, which we'll talk about at the end of this. But uh, the short version is go to the artacharm.com slash challenge. We'll take you through step by step on how to do this. You can also text the word charmed C H A R M E D to three three four four four. Product placement. All right. Yeah, product placement. <laughs> hashtag hashtag product placement. All right, next up, Jason.
1: Jasper writes in I've been doing the doorway drill, by the way, which is super fun. I do it all the time. Very helpful, but I still catch myself forgetting to do it fairly often. Any tips? Sure. So I want to talk about the doorway drill real quick. I've mentioned this in a bajillion different
0: shows. And again, of course, it's in the challenge. But basically, it's every time you walk through a doorway in your own house, you stand up straight, shoulders back, chin up, chest out. It it, it fixes your body language uh, and shows you how to have open, positive body language and develop the habit of doing that by using doorways as a reminder. The problem is Jasper's going, but I'm forgetting to do it even in the doorways. And so many people had problems with this, myself included, that I actually invented the post-it note trick, which is an addendum to the doorway drill. And what that is, is you stick a brightly colored post-it, as if there are any other kind of post-it, you stick it on the door frame at eye level, maybe even two, depending on where you're looking inside the door frame, You'll see that and you'll go what the hell is that doing there? Oh yeah, doorway drill. It'll break your autopilot mode because every time you walk through a doorway, you've been doing that your whole life. There's nothing new about it. There's nothing interesting. You have to have something inside your house or your office and or, you know, both. That's going to break that autopilot. That's going to be a pattern interrupt if you're into the whole NLP thing or the hypnosis stuff. You've got to interrupt that pattern. And the way that you do that is you don't even have to write anything on the post-it. Just stick the post-it up there. You can reuse it for something later if you're weird like me
1: and you don't want to waste
0: blank (laughs) post-it notes.
1: (laughs) Cheap, cheap, cheap. It's not even that. I just have this thing, right? It's like, oh, it's such a waste. I put an up arrow on mine. Oh, you do? So when I every time I come in the studio now, I have an up arrow and it's just like, "Oh, okay." It's brilliant. Because I'm if I'm going to be on the air, I want to be sitting up straight. I want to have my good proper posture for vocal tonality. That's right. And if you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, now I'm used to these post-its, you can rotate the color," but I'll tell
0: you, I've never had a, a student or client or my, even myself and I'm a slow learner that needs to rotate the colors of the post-its because frankly, you'll start to build that habit. You're going to see those post-its by the time you get used to them. In other words, by the time you get in the habit of seeing them, you'll
1: be in the habit of straightening up anyway. So you'll be fine. That should help. Next question. My friend stopped listening to AOC because he thinks he's got a quote-unquote handle on this stuff. What's going on here? Yours truly, frustrated friend. I got a bunch of these this week.
0: It goes hand-in-hand hand with question number one, actually, where a lot of folks are kind of going, well, you know, I'm trying to get people interested in this. I'm trying to get my son to listen. I'm trying to get my husband to listen. I'm trying to get my team to listen. Uh, and even their brothers and sisters or themselves sometimes are falling off the wagon. So I included this because frustrated friend brings up a really interesting point, which is that the people that need these types of soft skills the most are actually the least likely to realize that they need it. So there's a huge disconnect between social intelligence and perception of their own. So how others perceive them, etc. Earlier in the show I mentioned, it's like saying you went to the gym so much you got in shape and now you're taking a break because you're too fit. This is just lazy thinking. It's actually a losing mindset. There's not much you can do about it if you're talking about other people trying to get them to develop habits. If you care enough about those people to work at it, tell them about the shows and tell them about some of the benefits of the shows. Tell them they're really funny or something like that, which, you know, is kind of a lie, but hey, whatever. Tell them about the benefits, tell them about the specifics, takeaways that you're getting from some of the interviewees, that you're getting from Fame Mail Friday and especially from Minnesota Monday. Some people will eventually see the disconnect between their performance in reality and the expectations in their mind. And I just got a letter, Jason along these same lines, from a lawyer in New York who was, I mean, he was writing me all the time, maybe a year ago, and just loved the show, loved the show, loved the show, and I got a letter from him this past week that said, hey, I fell off the wagon, I'm starting to listen again, and me being me, I said, well, why did you fall off the wagon? Was it something, you know, was it something we said? He said, no, I just got really lazy, I thought I knew enough about this stuff, and then he lists all these Kind of, you know, suboptimal outcomes <laughs> that would not have happened if he was kind of on his game. So I realized, look, a lot of people think, oh, the Art of Charm, this is for people with social problems or something like that. Not true at all. The people who are listening to the show and applying these things are high performers that want to continue to grow. This is the 90th percentile trying to go to the 95th or the 95th trying to go to the 99th percentile. This is not people who tie their shoelaces together, have tape on their glasses and things like that. These I have tape
1: on my glasses. Watch what you say there, brother. You you just work here, right? We're talking about the <laughs> the the AOC
0: family here, the fan base, all right. Um, but really, I, I'm looking in in some of the letters that I got recently, and there are people that are pro athletes that are on NHL hockey teams. There's NFL players that have won. Uh, Certain types of high prestige awards we have olympians on here This is not people who can't figure out how to get it together. This is for people. Well, there's some of that of course This is for people that want to maximize what they get out of life and especially when it comes to soft skills So your friend frustrated friend might have some lazy thinking going on There's not a whole lot you can do to change people's thinking manually all you can do is show benefits and make them feel like Maybe they're missing something. And the way to do that is by applying this stuff for yourself and showing them firsthand what they could be doing. And some people are going to really dig that. And other people are going to blame you for highlighting their shortcoming. And that's where we get into screening the right type of people in and, frankly, out of
1: your life. And that's another question for another show. Another thing I'd like to point out is that as we do this show every week, we grow and we are learning and meeting new people and coming up with cool new stuff. Every week, So it's not the same show. It's not like we have a textbook that we're talking about every week in and out. You know, Jordan has grown so much since I've met him. Was it four and a half years ago at this point? Yeah. And I used to listen to the show and the show is completely different now because Jordan has grown as a host because we meet new people every week. And I think that really is something that we try and pass along in the show that, hey, just, you know, the thing we taught last week. Is fantastic. Here's the next level. Here's mm-hmm. the next level and the next level. So just saying that you have a handle on this stuff. No, we don't have a handle on this stuff. Yeah. We're yeah. learning um, every week. It's. Uh, it reminds me of, what is that guy's name? Is R.
0: Paul Wilson or something like that from The Real Hustle? I'm probably getting the letter wrong. He used to say, he used to do that show about con men. And he used to show how the cons work and everything like that. And he said, if you're the type of person who thinks they can't be conned, you're exactly the type of person that I want to (laughs) meet. Yep. I remember that show. That was a great show. (laughs) And I think that that's very apropos of this because it just goes hand in hand when when we talk with hiring managers of a lot of Silicon Valley companies and large corporations We're always giving speeches in these corporations teaching classes to people that work there or they're coming through the AOC bootcamp One of the things they mention is man. I wish everybody knew this stuff and meanwhile They'll send their team through after they come through and there's always two or three guys on the team that are like yeah I don't really think I need this and universally nearly universally those are the lowest performers on the team yep and that's not a coincidence it's not even just because they're arrogant or cocky a lot of these people are perfectly nice it's the disconnect in social awareness that comes from not knowing what you don't know it's unconscious incompetence Ooh, i like that unconscious
1: incompetence
0: well i didn't make it up it's that unconscious incompetence conscious incompetence uh conscious competence and unconscious competence Ah, of course, it's called the four stages of competence. So basically, this has to do with, or the conscious competence learning model is what I think it's referred to a lot. Essentially, you start off not knowing what you don't know. Then you find out what you don't know, and you can actively start to work on it. Uh, and then you go to, I do know how to do this, but I have to think about it each time I do it. it. It's a manual process. And then you get to where you can do it essentially without thinking. Those are the four stages of competence. And so where a lot of people are caught is unconscious incompetence and essentially what that means is that you have no idea that you are not good at or performing at a certain level or don't know something and then a lot of people also get stuck in conscious incompetence where they go I don't really know this stuff but I don't really need to and the reason for that is and then insert some sort of emotional justification why people really don't want to do the work and those two types of people don't fare well with AOC, when they run into this stuff, they kind of go la 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 with their hands on their ears and they run away. Or they just go, what kind of dorks do that? And then their friends who are trying to get them desperately to apply some of this stuff go, oh, damn it. We missed him again.
1: You know, they're trying to catch the butterfly in the net and it's not working. Jordan, you don't do the fake hype man thing like a lot of shows do. The, I'm super excited today because I have an absolute legend on the show! Et cetera, et cetera. Signed, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! <laughs> I'm sure that's what that came in as, Jason. I'm sure. <laughs> I'll
0: tell you though, I'm on the fence sometimes when it comes to how I run these things. I'll be honest, I mean, I've got a lot of different moods going every single time we record, and I know a lot of folks I like to add extra energy in there to be more inspiring. En fuego! But, that's right, yeah, I mean, but I think it's a bit of a cheap ploy for your attention, frankly, and I feel like I respect the AOC family a little more than that. I just, I don't need to do that. And maybe I'm wrong here, I I could be wrong. Maybe I need to do that, but I really, really don't want to. First of all, it's not me at all. I'm kind of naturally just like this. And people who've met me in real life always say the same thing, and I'm very proud of this actually, Jason, that they go, wow, you're just like you are on the show in real life. Unless they meet me when I'm tired and they go, are you sure you're, you host the <laughs> you, show for a Today, living? you're a dick. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not even just that. It's just that you've said three words. Are you sure you're a talk show host? Yeah. But I, I just I re- have more respect for the AOC family. I just think, look, this is there's a bunch of smart people listening to this. There's a bunch of high performers and intelligent folks listening to this show. They don't need me to keep their attention with explosions,
1: they just don't. <laughs> and it's funny. I've known you for four and a half years, five years now, almost. And it's totally true. You are the same guy on the show as you are sitting there playing video games with me in your living room. Yeah. You know, in our MeUndies slash AOC. With um, clothes on over them. <laughs> because that, otherwise it's just a weird visual. <laughs> Yeah no it you're, you're the same guy so I, I totally get that yeah but yeah the Sunday 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 guy it was just you know I, I don't I don't go for that. I just like to do it when I get the chance.
0: Yeah, it's so not me and in the end of the day if that's really what people need to pay attention, I think
1: this is probably the wrong show for them. All right, last one Hey big fan of your show <laughs> I share often and learn quite a bit regarding your question about how to address women and why girls is offensive. A good rule of thumb is if a female can reproduce, she is no longer a girl. She's a woman. Addressing her as such is diminutive. It's like saying son to someone who's not your son. Whoops. Yep. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah, but I don't I don't get offended by it. But I'm also not a woman or a girl.
0: And maybe there's I feel like there's differences there because usually when somebody says, excuse me, son, it's like, oh, okay, They're, it's it's sort of a term of, it's warm, right? But I think if people say girls, sometimes, I mean, not when I say it, but sometimes it could be taken like, oh, okay, I get it. We're not, you know, qualified to be in the room. Um, I could see that.
1: Okay, well, because when somebody t- calls me son, I want to smack him. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I, I find it a violent, offensive term. Well, yeah, so that, that just backs up Ella's point here. Continue. All right. On some level, it harks back to the societal obsession with youth and dating younger women for trophy purposes, where calling men boys is playful and a nod to their virility. There you go. Sure, we may call each other girl as in girl or (laughs) hey girl, but that's more to each other in a we are sisters kind of way. You may equate it to use the N-word within black communities. I hope everyone turned their speakers down before you screeched in. that. Yeah, that, exactly. (laughs) Blew out of eardrums. Think of it one other way. As men are generally, naturally, physically stronger, who is it easier to muscle? A woman or a girl? A lady or a girl? A gal or a girl? And to use your word, a goddess or a girl? Yeah, I switched up to goddesses just immediately. Nobody can complain about that one. Well, you know, uh, I'm I'm thinking of Wonder Woman. She's a goddess. So I'm I'm not going to muscle her. That's for damn sure. You can't. (laughs) You got the invisible lasso or the, well, maybe the, <laughs> is the lasso invisible? The ship's invisible. The jet's invisible. The lasso is the lasso of truth. Oh, got it. Okay. You will, of course, find women that are okay with it, but language is powerful. And especially in the context of meeting women, go ahead and be more respectful than you think you need to be, which I think is an awesome quote, by the way. Yeah, I think so too. Best Ella, woman, entrepreneur, inventor, chef, partner, definitely not a girl. I would never get that wrong, Ella. Thank you so much for
0: sending me that. I I totally agree with this. I just never thought about it. It had not occurred to me before. That's why I asked the AOC family before, like, why why can't I put my finger on it? My gut had said don't use the word girl in place of women, and I've done it before, and I've been corrected on it by other guys, uh, often who are older, and I think, like, okay, all right, fine, you know, i got to figure this out.
1: But this was something that I was wondering about, so Ella, I think you nailed it. I've got a pro tip for this week's audience. When you get out of a uh, theater destination, like seeing Hamilton with your little brother who's 25 years old and can't figure out how to get a cab to where you're going to go for dinner, go to the closest hotel. They always have cabs handily, readily available. If you don't have Uber or Lyft and you need to get a cab, go to a hotel. They will hook you up instantly. I'm surprised people don't
0: know that, but I have told many people oh go down the block to the hotel there because a lot of times especially in Manhattan or something like that you, you can't get one to stop but yeah. they're all going to the hotels to pick up the guests because they think they're going to the airport
1: That's and why. they also have deals with the hotels to hook them up yeah so. sometimes yeah
0: and yeah. They'll, they'll wait there and they'll let you load your stuff in and they play by the rules and they don't run over your foot generally so good tip I, I would
1: not like my foot run over my foot my foot has gone through enough in my AOC tenure I do not want it run over by a cab
0: By the way, uh, one quick note, if you ask me to answer a question in an email and say don't use this on Fan Mail Friday, I, I gotta be honest, I just can't do it. There has to be value for the audience here, for the AOC family here. If I craft a reply and a solution to your issue, it's got to be something I can share with people. I will always change your name. I will always change identifying details, and that's enough. I'm consistently surprised by people who will write a long letter and then insist that absolutely nothing in that letter can become public. Now, look, while this show has a strong listenership, 3 million as of this past January, I think some people are overly paranoid about this, or perhaps this is something a little bit more self-important or ego-based. I don't know. I've seen that people's problems, while involved... Are seldom that unique so if you craft a question and you send it and you say at the end please don't say anything about this on the show ever I'm just gonna archive it Uh, please don't do that save yourself the trouble but don't worry I'm not going to read your name or the name of the firm or the name of your ex-wife or the name of whatever on the show I get that we understand this Uh, I just want to be very clear because this week I felt like I archived 25 30 emails where people were like, eh, please don't use this on the show. And I said, fine, I won't. Click, done. You know, it's just a waste of their time, and
1: it's a waste of hours to even read it. I mean, come on. Sunday, 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 already wrote in. So if we, we know how to change your identity.
0: Yeah, come on. Yeah, you're allowed to think of your own pseudonym if you want to. Well, we might not use it, but you can think of your own for sure. Also, I got the best ice cube tray ever. Jason, get up with Jen and get this link to this ice cube tray. It, I, I know people are thinking, what? Ice cube? Who gives a crap about ice cube trays? This thing is the ice cube tray that should have been invented 30 years ago. It's made out of this some kind of rubbery plastic thing, so you can push the cubes up, and they come out. You don't have to twist it. You don't have to shake it. You don't have to throw it up in the air and hope a bunch of them don't land on the floor. You just push them up one by one. They make great cubes. They're big enough. They don't crack like a lot of the smaller ones do, and then you leave it up so you know when you need to make more stinking ice.
1: Oh, you young little man! You have never been to Bed Bath and Beyond before, have you? I haven't ever been there. Jen got this. I go there every week, and yes, these are uh, they're silicone ice cube trays. They are fantastic. We will definitely put a link in the show notes if you and you get them in in great shapes. I have Tie Fighter. Ice cube trays, by the way, because I'm a Star Wars nerd. Yes. Yes. You can get them in many shapes and they're silicone and you can push them up one by one and they're awesome. Yeah, I can't believe that not
0: everybody has these. This is incredible. I mean, maybe I'm just like sheltered from bed bath and beyond, but I'm telling you. People are gonna hate they're they're gonna we're gonna get email about the show like, yo, not my favorite fan mail Friday. Ice cube trays, get a cab at a hotel. What the hell's wrong with you guys? Where's the real advice? We're just dropping the knowledge, man. Come on, just dropping the knowledge, guys. Just dropping the knowledge. Uh, I also got a kick-ass pair of socks. They're called Stance. I highly recommend them. I'm totally replacing all my old socks. These are the okay. I'm, I'm socks. going to
1: step in as producer. You're never allowed to mention them again unless they are an advertiser on the show. Okay, you got <laughs> it. That's it. But they'll be in the show notes. That'll be in the show notes. <laughs>
0: Hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget you can email us Friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. A link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF one oh three. I'd love to hear f- oh Oh, yeah, wait. I'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at the Art of Charm. It's a great way to engage with the show. Jason, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter at JPDef. At J-P-D-E-F.
1: Nice. That's right. You got a tiny little Twitter handle there, buddy. My first uh, Twitter handle was J. Wow. Not bad. I was in the first 140 users of Twitter, so sorry. That is cray. Also, don't forget about the Art of Charm Challenge. Text
0: charmed, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the U.S. or everywhere else. Just go to theartofcharm.com. We're taking you step-by-step on becoming better at making connections, both personal and professional, becoming a better networker, increasing your social capital, your charisma, your magnetism, if you will, and it's for both guys and women. So check that out. Text CHARMED, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444 in the USA. Everywhere else, just go to theartacharm.com. Quick shout-out to Jeff Ammons. He's a friend of Alex Kutz, who's a former AOC guest, and he's a fellow AOC fan himself, and he's uh, working on some cool stuff up here in San Francisco. We got a lot of these tech guys that sort of listen. They're quiet. They don't engage with the show, but they're all over it. And Philip, a.k.a. Foxy T., who got over cancer. He got over cancer, yeah. He got over cancer. He loved the Art of Charm podcast. He listened in the hospital, and he used a lot of it as motivation to kind of keep on going. Super cool story. He wrote about it in a blog. I hope we added some sunshine to your days there uh, in the hospital, unless, of course, he had skin cancer, in which case I hope we did not add any sunshine (laughs) at all. That shout-out went downhill really quickly. Thanks for being a fan, Phil. Glad you're still with us in every sense of the word. Are you in a strange land listening to my familiar voice? If so, hit me up and I'll shout you out more from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps. We run those every single week here in L.A. If you want to dig into this stuff and work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches, that's bootcamp.theartofcharm.com. Now stay charming, get out there and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them.